1: The MLB app, baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
2: You're listening to the Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiasi on WGR Sports
0: Radio 550.
2: Here's the snap. Allen gonna keep it and run, looking for the end zone, and he's in. Josh Allen, the beast, has been released. It's a five-yard touchdown run for Buffalo. Chris Brown on the call right there on the Buffalo Bills radio network. Bills, of course, wound up not winning that game against the Kansas City Chiefs, who are now in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58, against the San Francisco 49ers. On Sunday, and joining us on the Western Hotline right now is our man Eric Wood, former Buffalo Bills center and current color analyst on the Buffalo Bills Radio Network. We will get to the Super Bowl in a little while. We'll get to the Bills off season, but first, Eric, uh, welcome in. It's Sal and Joe, and we are both very, very jealous of you because you have joined the exclusive. I think it's exclusive, right? It's the whole in one club exclusive. I don't even know, you know what to what to call that. Is it exclusive? It's, it's definitely not a lot of people, I guess.
1: It seemed exclusive to me before I hit one. I've been playing a lot of golf <laughs> over the years and uh, never had gotten one. So to do that with some of my buddies down in Florida uh, was pretty special.
0: Did you know right away that it was in?
1: We did. Yeah, it uh, it kind of one hopped and disappeared. I mean, mm-hmm. there, I was halfway nervous walking up that just something goofy <laughs> happened and it wasn't going to be in there. But uh, yeah, it was in there and we celebrated appropriately. All right.
2: All right, so so tell us about it. Like, give us set up set up the scene, man. Give give the details. We're sitting around. I mean, you know, this is what this is what we do when we get a hole in one. and somebody does, I'm like, you ever have a hole in one? Sure, I did. Let me tell you the story. Go ahead, Eric Wood, tell the story.
1: I'm a member down at Medalist Golf Club down in Florida, so that is my happy place. So we book a trip with my uh, close buddies from Louisville every Pro Bowl week because if the Bills are still in it, uh, regardless that week, I won't be working, and so. We had our trip planned. This is day three of the golf trip. Leslie is flying down that afternoon to meet me and then we're going to spend a few days uh, away from the kids and hole 16 par three over the water. It was, um, it's about 181 from the plate. So we estimated about 187 because it was about six paces, uh, back from center and hit a beautiful little draw seven iron hit about an inch from the hole and backed up in.
2: Wow, that's awesome! So it was pure. It wasn't like one of these. Like it just kind of had to roll for about ten, twelve feet. It just it went pretty clean in one, hopping in.
1: It almost Michael Block punctured the hole. I mean, it was a <laughs> wow. Mark was an inch away from the hole, and so yeah, it was. Uh, it was about as pure of a shot as I can hit.
2: Elevation? Was it up, down, straight on?
1: Uh, no, flat hole. But you got uh, carry over the water. Um, and then there's kind of bunkers that protect it. Right. So, uh, generally on that hole, I just aim at the bunkers, play a little draw and hopefully it doesn't draw too much.
2: On that hole. Had you come close before? Like, did you know, you've played that hole enough? You played this course enough. Like, like you kind of know the layout. It helps you a little bit, but had you been close before and like, kind did you know how to play this one specifically?
1: Uh. This is awesome. I need to do more golf interviews. Uh, <laughs> I have played this course many times. Uh, I was down there for a couple of days with some buddies prior to the Bills playing against the Dolphins. Uh, I have never been close to a hole in one on this hole. Wow. Uh, generally, I mean, it's 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 always pretty windy down there. It's fairly close to the coast, and so you're you're. I mean, seven of the top ten players in the world are a member there for a reason because it's not a very easy track, and they cut the green to the scale of where they're playing tour events and whatnot. And so, um, I, no, I haven't been close to a whole one on this hole. I actually, um, Ronnie Billetier, a medalist guy, or a Rochester guy, but he's a member down there as well, and the member member, I did hit the green. And then um, I at least three-putted, I might have even four-putted.
2: Hmm. Eric, I, I am, I'm thinking about, like, I mean, you're a good golfer, and – like I mean I don't know you could your handicap what is your handicap right now? Would you mind revealing? I don't even know you got to be in the I'm, low I'm in the sick. single digits, yeah, right?
1: I'm a six. Okay. right now,
2: okay. What have you have you ever looked into like the pro am stuff? Like what would that take to be to do something like that? Like what Josh does? I mean, I know he's Josh Allen with the name and quarterback and all that, but there's guys on there that I would say Eric Woods' name is more recognizable.
1: Yeah, you know I would kill to do that. Some of them have companies that put them in there. Um, I'm a part of Encore Golf, which is based out of Buffalo. I'm hoping that maybe as Encore grows that I get some more access to some of these programs, but I would absolutely love to, and and mainly because if there's a scoreboard like those guys get out there and it's individual competition, like I I absolutely love those things. So doing the Pebble Beach program, the Tahoe Pro-Am, those would be probably, I mean, those would be, I don't want to say bucket list items, but those would be goals in this golf journey.
0: Joe, anything else on golf before we get to football with Eric? Mm, No, I'm just jealous. I'm just jealous watching him in shorts down there on the course. And, well, to be fair, it's actually very sunny here today. So, you know, it's giving me false hope that we're going to be golfing soon.
1: Yeah, get it. And out, you do have the, the video for people
2: that know the videos on your 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 X your Twitter feed yep. of you rolling up there and and getting out of the cart and pulling it up. People want to see that they can they can see that there.
1: Yeah, I had we played a five-some that day, and I'm really close to the caddy as well. So everybody was uh, I don't want to say as excited as me, but everyone was very excited. <laughs> um, I brought all those buddies down there uh, and hosted them, so uh, they were they were definitely excited for me. Uh, but the cat, yeah, the, ca- the the video from behind of us driving up to the green and getting out of the car, that was pretty sweet. All
2: right, I do have one final question. I'm sure you did, but I just want to make sure. You bought all the drinks after, right? That's the rule, right? You I think, made a whole I think that's a must.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. So, so yes, I, I bought a bunch of drinks. Luckily, there's not a ton of people at that country club on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> um, and so I have no idea what the bar bill was, but it's going to be worth it. But, you know, we go out to eat that night, and – my buddies buy me a meal, surprise me where they told the restaurant beforehand to bring out like a whole in one dessert that was designed for it, and they bought the meal and they bought drinks afterwards i'm like they're like we're happy for you. Why should you be punished for one of the coolest moments of your life? Why would you want to be punished like that doesn't make any sense yeah. <laughs> so we we and we and our our group of buddies um we hadn't hit a whole one playing together before, so we've kind of made it like. And I thought that was such an awesome gesture. I'll, I'll copy that in the future, like make someone else feel special in that moment and not say, ooh, I'm going to get a really nice tequila on this guy that I would never pay for myself, but since you got a hole of one, I'll go buy a $45 drink. I thought that was pretty cool of, of my friends to do.
2: Yeah, for sure. Eric Wood on the Westher Hotline. All right, Bill's season didn't end, obviously, um, the way that all of us had hoped and uh, wanted it to, and now the Chiefs and the 49ers are – playing in the Super Bowl but I mean Eric is a guy that's you know been around it you played professional sports you you know you got into the playoffs at the tail end of your career just the razor thin margin of getting there and not getting there there's been a lot of talk about can they ever beat the Chiefs how close they are can you just kind of speak to the little things and how close this team truly is and you know Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean saying we're not going to strip it down to the studs we don't need that we just need to make a few more plays basically
1: you got to make a few more plays and there's adjustments each and every year based upon the salary cap and guys getting older and whatever it is, you know, they're not going to run out the exact same team, but no, I don't think that there's anything that needs to be blown up in Buffalo. You're a couple plays away, you know, twice getting past the chiefs in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't think we're at that point. You know, I, I do think that the margin for error in the AFC with the amount of great quarterbacks that are in the AFC is small and so in the playoffs you have to play your best football and if you don't you're going to get bounced and at this point especially with the Chiefs right now they have so much playoff experience I feel like they manage games well they make adjustments the moment's not too big for them it was impressive to see them go on the road to Buffalo and Baltimore this year and get those wins because they hadn't had to go on the road uh, during the Patrick Mahomes era uh, in the playoffs but you know I spoke to Offensive line coach for the Ravens, Joe Dallas Andrews, after the game. And uh, he coached me in Buffalo, He currently with the Ravens. And he essentially said the same thing. like They they just managed the game well. They made a few more plays than us. We didn't have our best day on offense. And then you get bounced. You could have a really good season. You could have a really good team. But especially in the AFC right now, you got to be playing your best ball. So to, to circle all the way back, no, this doesn't need to be blown up. Um, and – I love the fact that they kept Joe Brady uh as offensive coordinator. We'll see who all gets added with a quarterback's coach and whatnot. And then Bobby Babich, I think, will be a home run. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh These coaches are getting younger and younger around the NFL at the head coaching position. Sean got hired as a young coach himself. Yeah. And then he's gotten young at both these coordinator spots. So maybe you get this kind of, like, influx of youth in the staff, which would be a lot of the Bills fans that – would want a coaching change? They, I'm sure they would want the next young, hot offensive mind or young defensive mind, whatever it may be. You kind of get both of that with Joe Brady and Bobby Babbage.
0: Is there a takeaway on like what the theme of the offseason should be with the the end of the season in mind? That has happened in the past. It doesn't have to where they draft Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham. It was right after they couldn't get to Mahomes. In an AFC championship game. And there have been other reactions, I guess, since then. You know, maybe the offensive line was a little bit last year. But is there one of those for you, the way this game went and the way the game ended? Or is it just kind of, you know, just it, it happened? There were some late game plays that didn't go your way and they were a, a bounce or two away from winning it.
1: Yeah, I mean, getting healthy, because when I look at this, if, if Matt Milano and Terrell Bernard are at linebacker, you know, this This is likely – we're ha- likely having a different conversation. And, and, and I understand that most teams can have that conversation with injuries that they had. But, you know, getting healthy at that linebacker position, hopefully those guys can both get back to form because that might be the most athletic linebacker tandem in the NFL. And then, you know, offensively when I'm looking at it, you know, and I don't know exactly what this guy looks like, but someone – besides Diggs and even Shakir that can either stretch the field or just put more pressure on a defense to where, you know, in the playoffs, which you're going to end up going against a really good offense, and each of the times that the Bills have been bounced, they haven't been able to keep pace with an offense on the other side that's been moving the ball up and down the field. You know, is there one more person, you know, especially at receiver, that can really put pressure on a defense? and I, And I would be looking to add that whether that's, free agency, or even draft. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you have Von Miller, who wasn't himself this year. Can he get back to form? Can he become a guy that can consistently put pressure on a quarterback? Because in the playoffs, you just have to have four guys up front, or you have to have a few of them, that can get to the quarterback and put pressure on a quarterback uh, and and affect them throughout the game. Because – the, the the top guys you're going to likely be facing you're in and you're out in and, and and really I'm thinking of Burrow and Mahomes you blitz those guys you're you're likely going to pay and you can blitz them at times but when you do blitz them they can make you pay just like Josh Allen can and so you know you, you know you look around and you see a Chris Jones or any of those types of these of these teams going to the Super Bowl okay can the bills draft someone that can develop into that is there pieces there, or can an Ed Oliver, a Greg Rousseau, a Bond, whoever it is, develop into someone that when the game's on the line in the playoffs, they're getting home to the quarterback. And Bond was that at one point of his career, and I'm anxious to see if he can get back to that. And at that age, can he do it with the consistency that he did in Denver, in L.A.? Maybe not throughout the course of a game, but in crunch time, can we rely on him to get to the quarterback?
2: You mentioned, you know, that it's good to have Joe Brady back. Bobby Babich becomes the new defensive coordinator uh, for the Bills. We don't know if he'll call plays yet. The Bills are going to sort through that. Maybe we'll find out here soon, but you've been around Bobby, obviously. I mean, obviously what he did with the safeties and then the linebackers speaks volumes about his um, his work as a position coach. What's your thoughts on him becoming the full-time defensive coordinator?
1: I'm excited for him. He's the guy that I've had a lot of respect for since I first got to know him in 2017 when he was on staff. And, Had a lot of respect for him then. Um, He cut his teeth in this business. His dad, Bob, coached forever in the NFL. So he's been around ball. He knows ball Uh, schematically. I'm interested to see what would change, if anything, with, you know, if he has, and likely will, even if he's not calling the plays, have some some more influence uh, on this defense. But I love the energy he brings. Even Sean McDermott said, like, look, when I'm doing head coaching duties during the game, Bobby Babbage is the one that gets the team together on the field and gives them, you know, whatever info they need uh, to get them going before that next series. But Bobby is smart. You could tell, you could tell it within the building and then you can even tell it when he does his press conference, he's a, he's an intelligent person, you know, in this kind of younger, which I was mentioning earlier, this kind of younger mold of coaches, these super intelligent guys. He's one of those guys. He's, he's extremely bright. And then, From a talent development standpoint, um, and I'm not saying these guys weren't good players prior, but what he did with Jordan Porter and Micah Hyde working one-on-one with them in the meeting rooms and on the field, and then what we saw out of Terrell Bernard this year, that kind of development without even having a preseason and getting very limited reps last year, I mean, heck, if we didn't promote him to defensive coordinator, I'd assume that there would be people lined up to get him to come into their building.
0: Yeah. I thought Tyrell Dodson got a lot better as the season went on as That's well. That's a great point, Joe. Yeah. Great point. On, on. I think you mentioned this in passing a couple minutes ago, but you like that they brought back Joe Brady also?
1: I do. I do. And, and I think Joe is one of those guys as well, and you saw kind of the interest that he was gaining with, you know, head mm-hmm. coaching uh, interviews as well. He's the guy that took over, and I've had offensive coordinators fired midseason before, You're taking over an offense, but you're likely going to have to use 95% of their terminology in plays because that's what you installed during training Mm -hmm. camp. And, look, he's going to have influences from Dayball and Dorsey in his offense, but I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table. And, like I said, I I think he's one of those next uh, upcoming young offensive minds. But when he took over, and Sal, me and you and Chris would talk about this uh, on the pregame coverage often on the roundtable on WGR. We talk about it often. There's just – there was only so much he could install on a week-to-week basis because you're not going to completely transform the playbook. You can't. There's just not enough time uh, to get all that done. But the the one-off specifics that they would put in and the, the way he was able to marry formations and game plan specific things to make a defense think and then trap them later in the game some of the designed uh, touchdowns that he would script in the red zone to get Josh some easier looks or even use Josh as a battering ram at times, um, I was impressed enough to say, hey, let's run it back with Joe Brady.
2: Eric, a couple other coaches around the league I just want to ask you about real quick. Um, what were your interactions with Anthony Weaver? The Bills will face him now a couple times a year. Obviously, he becomes the new defensive coordinator of the Dolphins. I know he wasn't like the Bills' position coach for you, but he did coach the D-line and Kyle Williams and Mario Williams and all those guys.
1: Yeah, uh, good dude. A guy who played, he's got a presence about him. You know, you've seen him out at training camps. I mean, he's a big yeah. dude. Um and he's got some charisma about him, and, and, but I, but and then he's had a few stops in. So you know, where do his um, you know kind of influences come from? Yep. Uh, I'm interested in seeing. Um, but again, uh, it, I know he's not super young, but it, it's this it's this youth yep. movement in the NFL at the coordinator, of hedge coaching positions for the most part.
2: And, and then your buddy, AVP Alex Van Pelt, gets hired by the Bills' division rival, uh, the New England Patriots. And uh, what can he bring to the Patriots? And their obviously they're rebuild here on the offense.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see who's that quarterback. You know what kind of direction they're going if they're going to try and you know kind of catch up with the rest of the NFL and play more of a you know more of an open attack. Uh, it just seemed like under Belichick they were pretty adamant about kind of sticking with that same Tom Brady-looking offense over and over and over, even when uh, number 12 had moved on. And so, um, you know, it'll be interesting. But I'll say this. uh, Alex Van Pelt is as good as anybody at getting a group to kind of buy in and play together. And he's – I mean, he's Mm -hmm. one of the guys. I mean, we we hear legendary stories about AVP from when he was within the organization playing for the Bills and then even afterwards when he was a part of the radio broadcast. Uh, he uh, made a bunch of friends doing that as well, so uh, I'm happy for him. Uh, it's a lot easier for me to root for him when he's not in our division. Um, it was a lot easier when he was in another conference, but I love that dude to death,
0: Eric. The, the video, the three minute video that Cameron Wolf posted from the Pro Bowl, where he's asking Diggs about you know his future and whatnot. And Diggs, I mean, we've done this but like a million times, I'm sure we've asked you or you've been asked this question in different ways. But him not saying just definitively, oh no, like I'll be back next year in Buffalo, like giving the answer about you know the money and not under my control—is it worth talking about at all to you? Is it a complete non-story? Is it weird? Like, what what do you make of you know the Digs thing being up in the news again?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say um, he'll be back, and by all indications, the guys on the team love him. You know what I mean? It's like. It's it, it, and he does a good job game days and at practice being one of the guys and then it just seems like whether it's Dan Patrick or Rich Eisen whoever it was last year you know kind of Super Bowl week he ends up getting some headlines or Pro Bowl week as in this case but um, you know I, I have it, it's hard for me to say I mean I still get asked about what happened at minicamp last year and I don't know and so it's it's just hard to say. Um but he I mean he's so competitive. If they're not winning the Super Bowl each year, he's gonna be extremely ticked off for those next few weeks, which is which is fine. Mm. But then we end up answering a bunch of questions about whether <laughs> he's disgruntled. But I mean I'm no I'm not Jim Overdorf, but the way I've understood his contract, I, I don't know that it it would be in any way practical for the Bills to be able to move mm. on from them. Right.
0: No, same thing. Any the women we've talked to about that, it's like they could do it, but it just doesn't make any sense, and it would not help them be competitive at all next year. Um, Eric Wood in the Western Hotline for another minute or two. Uh, Super Bowl this week. Um, how into the game are you for storylines and for uh, – it's, it's the Chiefs again, so I guess, you know – those out there will be hate watching it for that but what is this matchup in terms of the interest level for you
1: yeah I'm interested I mean it it should be a good game we only got a two-point spread I mean this should be a tight one and you have you know star power quarterback on the other side Brock Purdy who said his ideal team would be all the San Francisco skill players and then Josh Allen at quarterback and so um yeah I appreciate that humility but you know, can he take a step and become a Super Bowl-winning quarterback? Okay, then is he still kind of the laughing stock where, you know, the Cam Newtons of the world poke fun at him all offseason? So, yeah, I'm interested in this matchup and see how it shakes out. Um, You know, I I obviously don't want to see the Chiefs win another one. And I'm just like – I'm just petty enough that, like – and I love Josh Allen so much that another ring for Mahomes – just makes them yep. so much harder for Josh to ever be able to catch back up as far as, you know, legacy goes throughout this era. Because it's a special era. But, I mean, man, if Mahomes wins another one, you yep. know, he's kind of running away from the rest of the guys in 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 kind of this era, which there's still a possibility to catch him. But, uh, to me, I've always said that, you know, Josh Allen and Mahomes, they're kind of 1A, 1B. And Mahomes has kind of just made those – couple last plays at the end if we win the one in Kansas City you know how's that season shake out so all that being said um, I'll be pulling for the Niners.
2: Eric what do you got going on in the uh, podcast and I know you had a really uh, you do this every year you talk with Brandon Bean if you want to tell everybody about that a little bit where they can find it in that conversation.
1: Yeah I had Brandon Bean on the Set Around Buffalo podcast last week Uh, that was a lot of fun Uh, Bean was great and you get some football talk and then you get some Kentucky Derby stories and golf stories and all that as well. And, and then last week, uh, Mitch Morris was on, and he was great. Nice. Mitch is like – and Mitch, I don't know. You know, he's getting older. I don't know if he's started to open up a little bit with the possibility of maybe uh, doing some media stuff. But I thought he was awesome when he went on McAfee a couple of weeks ago. He was great on my podcast. Um, and there's just something about offensive linemen getting together and having a conversation. And, <laughs> you know, you get like some stuff that – the stuff And even the stuff that I think that that listeners will be like, all right, we all shut up about a bunch of terms and, you know, communication at the line of scrimmage that, you know, is over our head. Then uh, then the feedback I'll get was, man, we need twice as much as that. So maybe we need to do more uh, O-line talk on those podcasts. But Mitch was great. And I say all that because, you know, he comes on the podcast, he's chugging a Red Bull at the start of it. I was like, oh, okay, we're doing this. All right, we're going to show up <laughs> with some energy. Cause you guys know, and I try. You know, you know, I I, I love GR, and you know, work, yeah. work for them in a sense. And so you know, I'm going to show up with some energy. But mm-hmm. you can guess, yeah. you don't know how they're going to show up. And I'm not paying them for their time. You know, they might get some Dano seasoning, but I'm not paying them for their time. <laughs> so when Mitch showed up, ch- chugging a Red Bull, I was like, oh, okay, we're doing this. Let's go. <laughs>
2: Cool. I love it. I love it. All right, buddy. Enjoy the game this weekend. Thanks for your time today. We really appreciate it. We'll catch up down the road. Uh, the off season never stops, so I'm sure we'll be in touch. Thanks a lot, bud.
1: Yep, sounds good. Anytime, guys.
2: All right, you got it, Eric Wood, right there on the West Her Hotline. Mitch Morse. He, I will agree. Like Mitch, Mitch is like I don't know if you realize this, Joe. Like if you kind of paid attention to it, but like Mitch, like pretty routinely drops a couple like words where you're like, hey, I gotta call the station, and tell him like, hey, Mitch Morris kinda swore it today. I gotta edit this out. You know what I mean? Like he, he it's just it's the way he talks. He gets the good guy award for the Buffalo media. Yeah. Uh we presented him that this year and he deserved it. He's so good with the media. He's really accommodating. You know, he if he if you need him, he's there. But when you talk to him, he is very real and he is not afraid to just say what's on his mind, which is great. And sometimes that
0: leads to words that we can't say on the radio yeah all right well listen uh Jason Kelsey might be walking away so <laughs> there's re- there's a vacated <laughs> space here for the league's most interesting center if he wants to start to fire up the uh the podcast game or uh or something along those lines for sure all right so the Sabres play tonight you guys had
2: Don Granado on earlier today a couple things he said kind of I was listening this morning a little bit and Kind of piqued me a little bit. So I I want to get into that and know what their second half might look like here when we come back on the Extra Point Show on WGR.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?